And now here's another timely yet timeless word from the Word of God from one of our services at First Baptist Church of Crawfordville. Turn your Bibles in Joshua chapter 5. Travis asked me uh, if, if I would uh, bring a short word, so I'm going to bring a short word. Uh, Joshua chapter 5. We're going to begin reading in verse 13. It's just 13, 14, and 15. Uh, if you've got it there, uh, it'll be up on the screen as well uh, if you would like to read it there. If you would just stand with me in honor of the reading of God's Word. This is Joshua chapter 5, verses 13 through 15. Here's what it says. Now it came about when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted up his eyes and looked. And behold, a man was standing opposite him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said to him, Are you for us or for our adversaries? And he said, No. Rather, I indeed now come as captain of the host of the Lord. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and bowed down and said to him, What has my Lord to say to his servant? The captain of the Lord's host said to Joshua, Remove your sandals from your feet, for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we come before you once again just as your children to say thank you for the opportunity to look into your word. It is so rich. Father, it, uh, it, it teaches us about you. It teaches us about ourselves. And Father, we're getting a good picture of what faith ought to look like, uh, Lord, in, the, in your presence. So God, I pray that you would make that a reality in our lives, that we would walk out here indeed looking more like your son, Jesus Christ. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. All right, you may be seated. Well, graduation usually produces at least two emotions in us, joy and anxiety. Joy comes knowing that we've completed something, right? You've graduated now. Some of you graduated cum laude, congratulations. Some of you graduated oh lordy, that's okay. You graduated. The joy is still there. Now, in graduation, you have completed something, and that's where the joy comes from. But at the same time, you're beginning a new adventure in life. And that can make you anxious, whether it's college, whether it's the military, whether it's a career. It's in the future, and it's unknown. So guess what? You're anxious. Guess what? We all get a little bit anxious when we consider our own future. When we contemplate the future and we ask that question, what will tomorrow bring for me? Now our passage, it begins shortly after Joshua led the Israelites to cross the Jordan River. He's been commissioned by Moses and by God to lead the children of Israel into the promised land. Now he's starting on a journey to lead a, a group of people of about two million to a place that they don't know anything about. It's an unknown territory. Now, he too is a little bit anxious about what the future holds. Now, what we learn about Joshua today is how to faith our future. I didn't say face, F-A-C-E. I said faith, F-A-I-T-H. How do we face our future? Verse 13 says, Now, it came about when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted up his eyes and looked. Now, he was about five miles outside of Jericho, and he could see it in the distance. It's a rather formidable city. And Joshua saw it as his, as his first obstacle. Now, it was a well-fortified city with great walls all around it. In fact, the walls were so big that two chariots could ride around its perimeter on the wall side by side. That's significant. And, and Joshua may have been thinking, what in the world have I gotten myself into? 
Well, let me ask, you know, just picture this a year from now, whether it's in your classroom or at your job or wherever you find yourself, you may be asking, what in the world have I gotten myself into? Notice the first thing that Joshua did. He lifted up his eyes. He looked up. Now, he saw a man standing there with a, a, a drawn sword. Uh, and then with the courage that's really only found in a true warrior, he walks right over to the man and he asks him a question. Are you for us or are you for our adversaries? Joshua is serious. He's ready to do business. I notice a reply. No. <laughs> that's kind of an odd answer, isn't it? Right? Are you American or English? No. Do you prefer royal blue or forest green? No. He seems to mean neither. No, I'm not for the Hebrews, and I'm not against the Hebrews. You see, he didn't come to take sides. He came to take over. The man said, rather, I indeed come now as captain of the hosts of the Lord. Most theologians agree that this is what is known as a Christophany. It's a pre-incarnate appearance of the Son of God, Jesus. Now, this happens several times in the Old Testament. And if you come to a place where you ask, what have I gotten myself into, look up to Jesus. There are at least four things that you receive when you look to Jesus. First of all is peace. Philippians 4, 6 and 7 says, be, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehensions, shall guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, this peace of God comes from knowing that God is sovereign and that as his child, he loves you supremely. You rest in giving him your problems. Second is strength. You get strength for the task, strength for the journey. In your uh, relationship with Jesus, he'll always give you the strength that you need when you need it. Now, the Old Testament is literally littered with people who accomplished great feats on behalf of God as a result of the strength that he gave them. Men like Gideon, Samson, Jonathan, David, Elijah, and, and many others. There's no substitute for looking to Jesus as your strength. And third, looking to Jesus brings confidence. The man told Joshua, I am captain of the Lord of hosts. How would you like to have a friend like that? right? Uh, it's great to have friends in high places. Well, if Jesus is your friend, if you know him as your Savior, he is your friend, and he's as high as it gets. Jesus is your competence. Number four, looking to Jesus provides you direction. Direction and purpose for your life. Now, later in the text, the Lord gave Joshua instructions as to how to bring down the walls of Jericho and defeat the people that live there. And it would have been easy for Joshua to believe the captain of the host of the Lord if he had opened Joshua's eyes to see the chariots of fire and the heavenly hosts surrounding Jericho. You remember he did that for Elijah's servant at Dothan. He didn't do that here. Do you remember Joshua's question? Are you for us or for our adversaries? The man's answer was no. It wasn't a matter of whose side was God on. The question was Joshua. Are you on my side? Do you believe? Do you have faith? Will you do what I've told you to do? Joshua, are you on my side? And graduates, when you look to Jesus, he'll give you your marching orders. And attached to those orders will be this question, 
Are you on my side? Do you have faith? Do you believe? Will you do what I've told you to do? Choose the Lord. If the direction in your life is coming from any other source than Jesus, you're really headed down a dangerous path. Look only to Jesus. So the first thing Joshua did was to look up. Second thing he did, Joshua bowed down. Look at verse 14. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and bowed down and said to him, What has my Lord to say to his servant? I want you to notice what happened to his body. First consider his knees. This bowing down with his face to the earth, this is a physical, tangible expression of worship. Joshua knew in great measure who it was that stood before him. And when you look to Jesus and you encounter him, the only appropriate posture is on your face in abject humility. Humility of spirit. Now the Bible is clear on several fronts that our number one priority while on this earth is to worship God. Joshua bowed his knees and worshiped. Next, consider his ears. Jesus asked another question. What has my Lord to say to his servant? Joshua understands that it's now time to listen. I think this says something significant about our prayer life. Our lives and society at large, they kind of move at blinding speeds, don't they? It's hard to take or make the time to pray. And when we do, we often neglect one of the most important components of prayer, that's listening. Joshua asked, what has my Lord to say to his servant? Do you ever ask God to speak to you and then be still enough and quiet enough to hear him? Joshua listened. Graduates, you must listen. Third, look at Joshua's hands. He asked, what has my Lord to say to his servant? He says, I'm the Lord's servant. Whatever you have me do, I'll do it. Paul tells us that we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which he, God, prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. You see, serving God is a natural outflow of our salvation and worship. Graduates, using what God has given you and relying on him, the difference that you can make in this world is absolutely staggering. Use your hands for God. So first, Joshua looked up. Second, he bowed down. Lastly, he went forth. Look at verse 15. Joshua went out reverently. It says, And the captain of the Lord's host said to Joshua, Remove your sandals from your feet, for the place where you're standing is holy. And Joshua did so. Well, physically, where was Joshua? He was just outside of Jericho, which was a wicked city. It was full of idolatry and immorality. And the ground where Joshua was standing was wicked ground, except for the presence of the Lord Jesus. Wherever Jesus is becomes holy. If you are a believer and the spirit of the living God indwells you, then to some degree, wherever you place your feet becomes holy ground. Lay claim to it for the glory of God. Go forth in reverence for Jesus' sake. Second, Joshua also went forth in obedience. Joshua did exactly what the Lord told him to do. He didn't have all the answers, but he did have an encounter with the one who did have all the answers. Remember whose you are and don't ever forsake obedience to the Lord. 
Now, in terms of practical advice, this is probably one of the most important things I'm going to tell you today. I want you to listen closely. If you are, if you are obedient right out of the gate, you'll find it much easier down the road to be obedient when it may not be the easy thing to do. Obey right out of the gate. And later down the road, when it gets hard, you'll be able to do it. Number three, Joshua went forth in dependence. When he went back to the people of Israel, he didn't say, God said do this, but just in case, let's be prepared to do this. No. Uh, he, Joshua didn't have a backup plan. There was no plan B. He trusted God implicitly. Now, that's total dependence. If the walls of Jericho didn't come down, guess what? They weren't coming down. If God didn't bring them down. God is interested in the kind of work and service that is dependent on him as the source of the fruit of that work and service. Now having now graduated, it may feel like you can tackle anything and that you're ready to take on the world and that type of simple belief and enthusiasm is really invaluable. But only as they are undergirded by the understanding that apart from Christ, you can do nothing of lasting value. Now as you venture from this place into your future and what God has in store for you, remember Joshua. Be like Joshua. Look up to Jesus. He'll give you peace and strength and confidence and direction. Bow down to Jesus and worship him. Take time during your worship and prayer to listen to him. And out of your worship should flow a life of service and, direction, uh, service and good works. Lastly, go out from Jesus reverently. Wherever you go is holy ground. Go out obediently and go out dependent on God. The future is yours for the taking as long as you take Jesus with you. All right, thank you, Brother Dave. Um, he gave a quick word for you guys, and if you know me, you know that I can't give a quick word. Um, I'm, I'm pretty long-winded, especially since we haven't had service in a couple of months, so I'm going to be here for an hour. I'm kidding, um, like 20 minutes or something. Um, sort of a bittersweet moment uh, today, I would say, with these students. I've known some of these students since they were in seventh grade, um, coached some of them who aren't here in, in football, basketball, and it's just, uh, it, it's incredible watching kids grow up into young adults and seeing them, and, and it's just, uh, it's been an honor, it's been a blessing to, to walk with them in life, and uh, I'm, I'm thankful for every one of you, um, you graduates, and, and a couple of you who aren't graduating yet, I'm so grateful for you, and I know that God is going to do incredible things in you and through you. Uh, so this morning, I really want to talk about just what it means to trust God when things don't make sense. I don't know if you've been alive in 2020, but there's a lot of stuff in this world right now that don't make sense. Who invented murder hornets? I mean, as if, if Florida, Floridians, we don't have enough to worry about with alligators and snakes and all this crazy stuff that God created. <clears throat> Spiders, especially. But it doesn't take much to realize that this world is in chaos. How do you trust a good God in the midst of chaos? One of the, the main reasons people argue for the non-existence of God is they say, how can a good God allow evil? And I always ask, who's good? Who deserves good from God? Have we lived 
perfectly and righteous that he should shower us with blessings? No. We've all failed and missed the mark. It's, an ama- it's, it's incredible that God gives any good at all. But I want to encourage you this morning, students, adults, that you can have peace, you can have faith in the midst of a world of chaos. And even when things don't make sense, you can trust because God is good and he's faithful. So Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, and 7, and 8 are, are kind of the, the landmark of, you know, the Christianese will trust in the Lord with all your heart, and he's going to guide your way. And, and I want to talk about that, but a little different perspective this morning. Uh, let, me, let me read to you verse uh, 5, chapter 3, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5. It says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. And then verse 6, in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. Students, let me tell you something. Adults, uh, those of you who are older than me, 25, <clears throat> I'm just joking. Uh, I'm not going to say my age yet. You know that in life, sometimes things don't always make sense. And students, I want to tell you that sometimes God's plan for your life will not always make sense. In fact, just because things seem like they should be a certain way doesn't mean that it's God's will. There There have been so many times in my life where I can literally say, logically, this does not make sense. But trusting God through it. A couple years ago, uh, some of you know me and my wife's story about trying to have children. The first time that we went through this thing called IVF, we spent thousands of dollars and uh, so many things that we had to do, and it was just, it was really hard on both of us, mainly her, because she's the childbearer, not me, I was just there. And, and I remember going through that and just being emotionally spent. And then we get through the, the clinic and everything goes well and the procedure went well and then come to find out it didn't work. Do you imagine the, the emotions and the hope that we had that this was going to work? Thousands of dollars putting in, in this, uh, this IVF cycle and it didn't work. And I know both of us, I was crushed. I had trusted God. I had put my faith and hope in Him and it didn't work out. Well, fast forward about a year later, we get a call out of the blue from the same clinic saying, hey, we want to make baby Cronin happen. And, and they literally cut the price in half. They, they said, look, we're gonna, we have all these medications donated. We're going to do all this. We want you to guys do that. And Megan was excited, and I was not. I didn't want anything to do with it. In my mind, it didn't make sense for me to be, put myself through that emotional roller coaster ride again. I was against it. She was for it. And I remember going in my backyard, sitting down on the porch and saying, God, what is your will right now? And, I, and there's been a few times in my life where this has happened, but it was as if God was dwelling up inside of me and speaking and saying, yes, do it. And you know the results. We have a beautiful girl who's turning two next, next Saturday. And, and I'm telling you, like, it didn't make sense. Logically, we didn't have the funds to do that. We didn't have $7,000 to, to make this happen. But God provided every single piece of it. We had people call and say, hey, we want to we give you money. We want to do this. We want to do that. And it doesn't, doesn't make sense on paper. We didn't understand how this was going to happen. But we trusted God even in the midst of uncertainty. 
and he showed up and showed out. And even right now, many of you know that we're making the plans to move to New Orleans. I don't have a job over there. We don't know what's happening. Like, I mean, it's crazy. Like, we're, we're trying to get all this stuff together. We don't understand fully what God is doing, and, but we know that he's called us to this place. We're stepping out in faith and saying, God, we trust you, even when it doesn't make sense. That's what it means to trust the Lord with all of your heart, even when things don't make sense. And then he says this, in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Now, people have taken that scripture and twisted it and made it seem like, you know, live your life and bring God along with you as your co-pilot, right? He's right there in the passenger seat protecting you. That's, that's balarkey. I was going to say something else, but they're live and I, it's recorded. So I want that to be on my resume. And that's not, that's not true at all. God's not the co-pilot. You don't invite God into your life and say, oh, I'm going to go do this. God, bless me in this endeavor. No, God is the pilot. Matter of fact, he's the plane. He's everything. You don't ask, invite God into your life and say, Lord, bless me and be with me. You say, God, your will be done. And you surrender your life and you say, God, what do you want me to do? You want me to leave this country and go to Africa and serve the poor? What do you want me to do? And you hear this all throughout Christian culture. Oh, God has a great plan for your life. And that's true. And sometimes it doesn't make sense. You know what God had a good plan in the Bible um, for somebody named Stephen? God had a great plan for his life. Do you know how Stephen ended up? Dying, crying out, Lord, forgive them as he was being stoned to death. God had a good plan for his life. And somewhere in our culture, we've gotten in this mindset that if God has a good plan for my life, then it has to make sense, and there has to be no suffering, there has to be nothing that's going to make something happen that, that I'm going to cry out, God, where? No, that's not true. The Bible constantly says over and over to give your will over to the Lord. And there's a battle raging in all of us where we're fighting that, it was the same battle that happened in the Garden of Eden. And it's happening now. So in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. What this is talking about is that in everything that you do, God should be on the forefront of your mind. When you're applying for classes, you say, God, is this where you're leading me? When you think about your career, you're saying, God, is this where you're leading me? And in, the mind, in your mind, you're saying, I'm doing this for the glory of God. I'm not doing this for me. Why? Because if you're a Christian, you've been purchased by the blood of Christ. You are not your own. The Greek word that we call is called, is called doulos, right? You are a slave to Christ. Now, formerly, before Christ, you were a slave to what we call sin. Your own will, your own desires, your own life. But when you get purchased by the blood of Christ, you're no longer your own. You're his. And you say, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. In everything that you do, you, your prayer in life should be, God, what do you want me to do? When you're looking at a future spouse, you're, you're praying, God, is this the person that you have for me? Is this who you want me to be with for the rest of my life? 
God, is this what you're calling me to do? Is this, what, is this the car that you're calling me to buy? Like, and everything, we should be going to God in prayer saying, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. And then he goes on and says this in verse 7. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord, turn away from evil. Man, I wish somebody would have came to me when I was 13 years old and said, hey, listen, don't be wise in your own eyes. And parents, I'm going to do you solid right now. Students, you don't know everything. Some of you parents, amen, I've been telling that for years. I'm going to be honest with you. The older I get, the more I realize that I don't know everything. I don't know really anything at all. When it comes to parenting, I remember reading on books like, oh yeah, you know, I'm going to do this. We're going to do great with parenting, all of that. Right? That goes right out the wall when you're trying to change a poopy diaper and she's kicking and flailing and screaming. I, I don't know what to do. Like, I, I call, Megan, I, I need you in here right now. Right? And she's like, I can't come in. I'm done. I, I can't do this. Right? I don't know everything. And students, I'm going to do you a favor and tell you, you don't know everything. But we worship the God who does. And there's comfort and there's peace, especially in a world right now. We don't know what's going to happen in the next few months. We don't know the, the future of America. But you know what? We know who's on the throne. We know who's ruling right now. And students, as these next few years uh, in your life, you're gonna, you need to understand something. You don't have it all together, and that's okay. You don't know everything, and that's okay. Because you worship the one who does, and he is good, and he loves you, and his plan for your life is better, far better than your plan. I remember going into ninth grade, my eighth grade year, and I remember, you know, in my mind, I, I wanted to be a football player, right? That's every elementary kid's dream. I want to be a football player, right? Uh, and so I remember going to ninth grade. They had a, a, a job fair. And there was all these jobs in these colleges posted everywhere. And people would ask me, what do you want to do, young man? And I was like, oh, I don't know, right? And I, I remember all of my friends, they knew what they wanted to do. They had in their mind, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. And I remember going home that night and crying out, saying, God, what do you want me to do? What, what am I supposed to do? Where, where am I supposed to go? Now, if you would have told me that this is what I was supposed to be doing, I said, yeah, right. No way, right? But God had a plan for my life, even when I didn't understand or know what was going on. And he has one for you. And he's calling you to walk in that plan. You're going to fail. You're going to mess up because you don't know everything. You don't have it all together. You're going to wake up some mornings and you're going to say, man, how did I get here? But God is still on his throne. And this is something you need to understand. No matter how far you may stray from the path, God is calling and wooing you back to himself every single day and saying, come, follow me. That's the call for every Christian in here is to follow Jesus, is to abandon your will, your life, and say, God, you lead me wherever that may be. 
One of my favorite verses is in John 15, 5. Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. And here's, here's my encouragement. Not really. It's going to make you feel bad. For apart from me, from Jesus, you can do nothing. You say, well, how's that true? Right? I woke up this morning, I tied my shoes Right? Did I have to pray to do that? No, but you need to understand something. The sovereign God of the universe gives you grace in every single thing of your life. The fact that you woke up this morning is his grace. The fact that you drove in your vehicle here and made it is his grace. Every breath is his mercy and his grace. For apart from him, you can do nothing. What does this mean? This means that we are in total dependence upon God for everything, not just when things get bad and, and there's chaos and you're wondering what's happening and you're crying out to God. No, even in the good things, you're in total dependence of him. And so what does this mean for you? Well, it simply means that you should fear him and him alone. Notice what he says in verse 7. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. That word refreshment, refreshment literally means medicine. Those who trust and honor the Lord with their life will have comfort in a world of chaos. So I'm going to leave you with three things. One, Trust God even when things don't make sense. There's going to be a lot of that. Trust me. Number two, surrender your will to his will. Say, God, your will be done in my life, not mine. You take my plans and craft them however you desire. Whatever college, whatever, wherever uh, in the workforce, whatever you're calling me to do, you take that and lead me. Because I can promise you, his plan for your life is far better than your plan. Believe that. And number three, understand that you are in total dependence upon him in all things. Trust him. He's good. He's good. So let me pray. And then um, what's going to happen is we're going to call some of you students up. And I didn't tell you this. I didn't tell you this on purpose. Um, but I'm going to ask you to talk a little bit, uh, one or two sentences. Even now, you're just, <laughs> oh, my gosh, I'm going to have to talk. All right? That's why I didn't tell you because you've been freaking out and not sleep at all last night. But I'm telling you this morning, I just want you to kind of give a quick sentence about what you're doing, where you're going to be going, if you're going to college, if you're entering the workforce, or your plans um, that you think you have. I'm just kidding. Um, but just kind of share with everyone your personal, uh, you know, I could have read something on a, a script and say, they're going to plan to go here and do this, but it's a little more personal if you get to say it. Uh, and I'm helping you develop uh, public speaking skills while doing it. So, you know, we're not two birds with one stone. So let me pray. Father, we thank you so much for this day. Uh, God, this, this day doesn't really make sense to do it in, in June. They graduated in May, but uh, because of all the things that have been happening in this world, Lord, we've pushed this back. 
And it doesn't make sense what's going on in this world, Lord, but we trust you. We know that you're still reigning and ruling on high. I pray for these students, Lord. I pray that you would lead them. I pray, God, that they would seek your will for the rest of their life, that they would bring you glory and honor, God, and they would submit their wills to yours. For yours is far better than we could ever imagine. We thank you for this. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah, so, so it's going to be in alphabetical order. Um, <clears throat> I did go to Wilco High, so it might not be completely alphabetical order, hopefully. I don't know. But I'm going to ask um, Eric and Logan if you would come up and help. There's some Bibles, some gifts that we got, got you guys, and I want to give them to you. And, and what you're going to do, because uh, there's a camera and it's live, and it's awkward, just saying, um, you're going to come up here, right here, and they're going to see you right on the camera, and I'm going to let you just kind of talk about where you're going, what you're doing, what you believe God is leading you to do, and then you can go right over there and kind of stand right there, and then Logan is going to pass you your gift that we got you. Uh, if you would, hand me that. Let me show everyone what it is. So uh, this is my favorite um, version of the Bible, the English Standard Version. I'm a little biased. It's God's Word. Um, it's the correct, I'm just kidding. But uh, this, this is the ESV study Bible, and I'm telling you, this is going to be something that they can have for the rest of their lives. Like, in it, it has, uh, oh my gosh, that's small. <laughs> Good thing you guys are, are young, and you're going to have this for maybe five years. Um, but no, I'm, I'm kidding. So in it, it has notes on the bottom. Like, this is a great resource. I remember when I first became a believer, I was reading the Bible, and I'll be honest, I didn't understand a lot of it. Jesus said, if you want to live, eat my flesh. I'm like, what is going on? Like, candle, what, what the heck? But there was these notes in the bottom that really helped me shape, um, you know, my faith. And so it, to me, this is always a great blessing and a, a great gift for anybody who, um, is going to read the Bible. It's a great help along the way. So, uh, so yeah, they'll, they'll get that. And the first coming up, I believe, is Brianna Blaisdell. You knew that because your last name's B, right? So come on up. And I'll hand this microphone. You can stand right here in front of this camera, staring right at your face. All right, so you just graduated, right? How does it feel? Feels good. I'm, I'm not going to ask you that, but uh, <laughs> just tell us, you know, your plans moving forward, where you want to, what you, you feel like God's leading you to do. Um, I'm going to go to, I plan on attending TCC and then transferring to FSU and majoring in psychology. I'm not sure exactly what I want my career to be, but I've kind of always felt like I've always kind of been compelled to like help people. Like when I was little, I wanted to be a doctor, but now I know what I want to be a doctor <laughs> in. So good. Yeah. Awesome. That's how I feel. All right, that, that was good. That was, was that bad? Oh, no. What? Is that, is that you good? Okay? Is that yeah, good? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, good. All right. Good, good job. <laughs> you can stand up here, yeah. You just kind of slide all the way down. There you go. Next up is Christiany Bird because her name's B. Yep, come on up. Good job. She hasn't done anything yet, so I'm just kidding. So, Christiany, you want to tell us about your exciting plans? Yes, um, I will be going to Cotty College in Missouri on a flag football scholarship, and um, I don't know what I'm studying yet, but that'll be in August. Yeah, so she plays flag football, and who would have thunk 2020 there's flag football scholarships, but <laughs> that's really cool. Uh, this is the first team, right, mm -hmm. at the school, so yes. 
that's really going to be really good. All right, good job. Thank you. Right. Okay, uh, Spencer. Spencer's not here, so Spencer Clark is another student. He's not here. Couldn't make it this morning. And the next is Shelby Devali. Deval. I always say it wrong, and she knows that. It's okay, yeah. Um, so you got some exciting news. You want to tell them? Um, pretty much I'm planning on going to TCC and um, doing R Air Force ROTC there. Um, my plan is to become an officer in the Air Force. Awesome. Praise God. That's good. Thank you for doing that slide quicker because I kind of want to blame. This is Cameron Goodwin coming up. And he's bringing his hair with him. <laughs> I'm jealous, I'll be honest, because mine's le leaving me, so. Um, I'm going to go from the camera right here. Oh, okay. There you go. Just tell them. I'm going to go to TCC and then transfer to either FAMU or FSU and study civil engineering. Awesome. And you want to build bridges, like design cities and. Yeah. Yeah. That type of stuff. That's awesome. Yep. Good deal, man. All right. Next is Miss Courtney Krause. And I remember meeting her for the first time in se when she was in seventh grade. Um, and it was, yeah, just to say, she needed no introduction. Um, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you want to tell them what you're doing? Um, so currently, I'm going to Lively Tech as a medical assistant. I start internship tomorrow. And I take my certification exam uh, July 28th. And then I'm going to be going to TCC to get my RN. Awesome. Awesome. Next is Samuel Hunter Orr. I'm jealous of your hair, too. Oh, thank you. You better enjoy it while it lasts. Oh, I still got it. <laughs> um, I'm going to go to TCC, uh, get my AA, and then something with animals. Something that he loves animals and spiders that God decided to create, so... Good job, man. Thank you. Yep. Next is Mr. Blake Reeves, who worked all night last night at Walmart and might pass out up here. So, <laughs> sorry. Right. You just scoot over a little bit. There you go. All right, man. So, I don't really know what I want to do yet, but I'm probably going to go to TCC and then figure it out from there. That's a good plan. Yeah. Yep. All right, man. You good, sir. Yep. Mr. Slade Watkins, coming on up here, man. You got some exciting stuff going on. Yeah. So I plan to attend the University of Mount Olive for a, or I'm going to study business management, and I'm going to wrestle there for four years. And after those four years, I plan to come back to Lively and uh, just study welding and try to get some more certifications and hopefully work on that, so I can hopefully have my own welding shop. All right. Me and Slade have a. What is it, like a, a year-long arm wrestle tournament been going on? Yeah. Uh, in four years, he's probably going to beat me, but yeah. not yet. So <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right. And so 
there was a lot of graduates affiliated with uh, First Baptist Church, Crawfordville. Um, a couple of them, most of them couldn't make it here, but I am so proud of every single one of these students up here. Um, and it's just, it's awesome to see them grow up, grow mustaches, and right, get out of the, get out of the, uh, you know, the, the young phase. They're moving to young adults, and it's just, uh, it's awesome. I expect big things from every one of these students up here. Uh, so, let me close with a word of prayer, and I'm going to ask Brother Dave after if you would come up and just bless the food. So, students and families, uh, afterwards we have lunch prepared for you guys over in the CLC. You just walk right through. It's not raining, so you should be able to walk through there fine. Uh, and, and there's some cool stuff in there, some uh, places you can take photos and, and just kind of uh, have some memories with your, your graduate there. And, friend, and all you students, you can take pictures together and whatnot. I would like a, a photo with all of you guys as well. So let me pray, and then we'll do that. Uh, Father, we thank you so much for these graduates. Thank you for your grace in their life. God, thank you for the young um, men and women that you're molding them to be. And Lord, we pray that you would continue to move and draw them to yourself. God, that they would seek your will, that you would make it known to them. God, every path, every step, that you would show them and light the way. We thank you for this day. Thank you for being able to gather and worship you, Lord. We thank you for that. I pray for these students, Lord, that you would bless them for the rest of their life. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, thank you, guys. Um, I, I just want to let you guys know, want you to exit through the doors back there. Um, Riley, if you'll make sure both doors are open. There's also offering plates back there, so if you have offering, you can just drop it. There's one on each side, okay? Um, and somebody check and make sure the door is open because we did have it locked. <laughs> uh, we're, we're just trying to get a little flow in here, still doing that. So anyway, uh, graduates, uh, God bless you. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a momentous uh, occasion when, when you graduate and uh, as we say, life is right in front of you. And I like the last mind of my thing. Uh, it's there for the taking if you'll take Jesus with you. So uh, let's just bow and we'll just ask God's blessing on the food. Father, what a day uh, to celebrate. We thank you for these graduates. We thank you for the opportunity to share a meal with them and their family. And we just ask that you would bless that food to our bodies and our bodies to your service, Father. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us for this podcast from First Baptist Church of Crawfordville. You can find more information and follow us on Facebook or visit our website, CrawfordvilleFBC.com.